The fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss. And out of the smoke, locusts came down upon the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or of any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not given power to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes a man. During those days, men will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts look like horses prepared for battle. On their heads, they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces, their hair like women's hair, and their teeth like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails and stings like scorpions. In their tails, they had power to torment people for five months. They had as king over the angel of the abyss, whose name is in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon, the first... Woe is past. Two other woes are yet to come. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet, and I heard a voice coming from the horns of the golden altar that is before God. It is said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound of the great river Euphrates, and the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and the day and the month and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troops was 200 million. I heard their number. The horses and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue, and yellow as sulfur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, sulfur. A third of mankind killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses was in the mouths and in their tails, for their tails were like snakes having heads with which they inflict injury. The rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders, magical arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Let's pray. Wow, God. As I read about the future, as I read about what awaits It scares me, God, to think of the suffering. And Father, there's no need for that suffering for any of us. That's what the cross is about. That is why you sent your son that we might be freed from what we deserve. And the scripture makes it clear that we do deserve death. We are separated from you because of this issue called sin. Because we have rebelled against you and Father, I I pray as we take some time and and look at, Father, these incredible words, these incredible pictures that, Father, frankly, we don't hear a lot of in in many churches anymore uh, because of the difficulty of it, Father. But the truth that remains, God, is not how horrible this is, but how great you are that you have chosen to set us free from this. And Father, may we just hear that, uh, Lord, today. As we take a little time, Lord, um, in your name we pray. Amen. If you Google the word demon, 
there's 151 million websites. That tells me there's a little bit of interest in demons, 151 million websites. It doesn't really matter where people stand in faith, you know, Christianity, Hindu, Muslim, Mormon. I mean, I could go on. But in many of those faiths, there is certainly the concept of evil and of angels and of demons. And unfortunately, in our culture and through much of what we see and learn and hear, the spiritual realm is misrepresented as our angels and as our demons. Um, you know, the picture a lot of times as we think of an angel is that chubby little baby that got wings flying around with those love arrows, just waiting to get you right in the heart. You know? That's one picture when people think of an angel as that chubby little flying baby looking to give you love and a big dose of it. And then I remember as a kid, concept I had of devil is I, I was a comic book nut. And I had this one comic book called Hot Stuff. And it was about this cute little devil. He had a tail with a pointy end on it and he had little horns. And he was kind of a cute little guy that got into a lot of mischief. But the biblical picture of the angelic war that is about us is a far different picture as a matter of fact, um, as you look in the scriptures, it tells us that our enemy, the devil, he masquerades as an angel of light. You see, he's really smooth. He's suave. And he knows how to use elegant words. And if it was not for the Spirit of God, we would all be fooled by how smooth he is. Matter of fact, it also tells us in the scripture that even if an angel comes to you and shares a different gospel, a different way to be made right with the living God, do not believe it. Paul goes on this Galatians 1 6. He says, That person be accursed, or that angel be accursed, because there is only one true gospel, one true way to God. Matter of fact, as you look at angels, they're not some cute, cuddly little baby with wings that's flying around. But there's a description in the Bible when someone would meet an angel. They would fall flat on their face out of fear. And, and you know the command given more than any other command in the scriptures is do not be afraid. Do not fear. Because they were terrifying in their power. Matter of fact, in 2 Kings 19, 200,000 soldiers were slain by one angel. They were powerful. They were not just something to laugh at. And as we look at spiritual warfare, as we look at those who try to gain answers through witchcraft or through channelers or, you know, um, visiting a, a mystic, or someone who promises to give them answers, seance, Ouija board, whatever, it is a very dangerous, very real world that should not be taken lightly according to the scriptures, because demons, just like their master, Satan himself, are pretty sly. They've been watching you a long time. They know your weaknesses. They know how to trip you up. They know what you want to hear. And so much of what they say may sound good, 
but it is not based upon truth. And as we look at our section of Scripture where we are now, the Antichrist has ruled and he is powerful and he wants a one-world utopia, a perfect place. But God in his judgments that have been carried out thus far has taken a toll upon this place, upon this world, upon this earth. In chapter 9 here, as it opens up, we hear the blowing of a fifth trumpet by this angel, this fifth angel, this representative of God. And notice what it says as he opens up in the scripture. As he sounds his trumpet, he says, I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth, and the star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss and the abyss it's literally a word that means a hole that is so deep we can't fathom how deep the hole is you know it's a term could be translated bottomless pit yeah you know i couldn't believe i'd heard some friends of ours years ago that said uh, they had three boys and they said our food bill is more than our mortgage i thought really And then our three boys got that age. I said, yeah, really? The bottomless pit. But but the picture here is of this shaft, and and it it has a way to be closed. It it, it has a way to be locked, this deep cavern. Matter of fact, in Luke 8.31, as Jesus is instructing these demons to come out of this tortured person, uh, it it says in the text that the, the demons, they beg the Lord, don't send us into the abyss. Into that place. In other words they were saying. Don't send us to the place where other demons are are locked up. It's a holding tank now for those demons. And by the way as you study the scriptures at this point. Hell is not occupied at this time. But there is a waiting time now. As those who have died are in Hades. In also a place of waiting until that time of judgment that's described in Revelation chapter 20 verses 14 and 15 where it says that terrible time of judgment where those whose names are not written in the book of life and where those angels who have turned against God himself those demons as we describe them they will be thrust into that place set aside that we describe as hell now look in uh, as our text starts here in verse 1, he, he says a star and had fallen. In the Greek, gives the idea that this had occurred before this moment. That this star has fallen a long time ago. And I believe this is a description, as you study in the scriptures, of Satan himself. Let me throw out a couple other verses here to make my point. Uh, Isaiah 14, 12. I want to write these down. I'm, you know, preacher, we never have enough time. So I'm, I like to turn there. But I'm just going to read a couple uh, scriptures through here. Isaiah 14, 12 says, How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. Here's another verse to write down. Luke 10, 18. Well, I mean, go ahead and look it up too. But he says, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. 
Another verse in Job 38, 7, there's a reference in Job that describes the angels prior to the fall of Satan out of heaven and a third of the angels. Describes them as morning stars who are singing over the beauty of God's creation that he has formed. It is a time of worship to the one true God that is described. Now, as it talks about holding keys in Revelation 1, verse 18, the second part of that, it tells us that Jesus himself is the one who holds the keys of death and Hades. And here, a key is being given to someone, and it is being given to our arch enemy. Now, notice here, as you go on in verses 2 through 4, as it gives the description, when he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like smoke from a gigantic furnace. What a picture. The sun and sky were darkened by the smoke. From the abyss. Wow. And out of the smoke. Locusts came down upon the earth. And were given power. Like that of scorpions. Of the earth. Now it's interesting here. um, As we read down in the scriptures. Tells us the next verse that. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, none of the foliage, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. In other words, those who had received Christ during this time of judgment that has been described, that has already occurred, those people were not to be harmed. And of course, the description not given here, those who are, have already been taken. You know, after Revelation chapter 3, you don't hear about the church of Jesus Christ because we call it the rapture, but they've been taken up into heaven to be with God Himself and not be a part of this judgment. It's interesting as you go through the scripture here in verses 5 and 6, it, it talks about that the agony is like that of the sting of a scorpion. And I read about scorpions. Seldom does the sting of a scorpion kill a person. But boy, is it painful. And I don't know about you, but I don't like pain. I was cutting grass the other day and walked right over the top of a yellow jacket nest. And I didn't go back over there. So enough said there. But, but this kind of pain that occurs. and It goes on as you read in the scripture. That they so desperately were in pain. They wanted to pain in. They wanted to... Commit suicide, but they couldn't. It talks about death fleed them. It says, although they were in agony, verse 6, it says, during those days men will seek death, but will not find it. They'll long to die, but death will elude them. Man, a pistol will not fire. A knife will break. They're trying to jump off of a building, but something holds them back, and they can't jump. Poison doesn't work. They're not able to die in that time of suffering. Verse 7, we read about locusts that look like horses prepared for battle. What a picture. And it talks about on their heads there were crowns of gold and their faces resembled human faces. What a picture. Um, And then he goes on in the description, talks about their teeth like the teeth of lions. Breastplates like breastplates of iron. There was the sound of wings. There was the thundering of many horses. They had tails like scorpions. And stings that were so painful. What man? What a sight! Can can you picture this? Some people they try to use this as symbolism. Say these are missiles spitting helicopters and tanks with bullets that are flying. But 
why not take this at face value? Suddenly what we see is demons who once tried to trick us and tried to tell us how wonderful you are and how you are loved. And the center, the world revolves around you because you are so wonderful. And now they're showing their true identity. They want to destroy you. And, and that, is, that is what is occurring in this section of Scripture. I want you to notice that God has not disappeared through this. As a matter of fact, as you go down through the Scripture here, you see how God really is in charge. In verse 1, we are told that the key was given to him, given to the devil. And we see in verse 3, power was given to them, to these demons. Verse 4, they were told not to hurt the foliage, not to destroy these trees and the grass. Verse 5, they were not allowed to kill anyone. God is still in control. And guess what? No matter what kind of chaos is going on in your life, He's still in control. And it is for that limited time period. For here, there is a limited time period of five months. Now, I don't know how long yours may last, but there is an end to it. You see, even though our world might be unsettled, our God is not unseated. And that is important. Okay, Euphrates Unchained in 13 through 15. He describes the Euphrates and what a great river. It was the dividing of the east and the west. And that ancient culture uh, flowed out of the Garden of Eden. It was there that Adam and Eve were tempted. And there was the fall of mankind. Uh, It was there the first murder It was there that the Jews settled in exile. It was there Babylon was built. It was there that, or or it is there that the Antichrist will rule. Um, It is there where these demons are unchained to bring suffering. Um, I want you to notice that they are bound according to the scripture in what we read. These angels are bound and they take off and They seem to be unstoppable. In verse 16, we read about the number of these horsemen from hell as part of this judgment that occurs. Um, Look at 16. It says, the number of the troops, mounted troops, was 200 million. I heard their number. (laughs) In other words, are you sure 200 million? That's a lot. He He just wants to say clearly, yeah, 200 million. It's interesting, I read it at the greatest time of World War II, the most soldiers that the United States had um, in their uh, battle was 12 million. So if that's any picture, 200 million who have come and, and through the judgments that have occurred already, there's about half of the people who have already been taken from the face of the earth. It's kind of interesting here. As I looked at this description, it reminded me some, uh, we like Lord of the Rings. I don't know if anybody's watched that trilogy. We watched all those movies and... Um, books and stuff and, and just a, a picture of these horsemen who are going and man they're so evil and, and so so frightening and, and so scary in, in what occurs then there's a rebellion that occurs and uh, I, I want you to see as I close here of this rebellion uh, there's a description of five sins that occur and Verses 20 through 21, it tells us the rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. And all this happened, all this suffering, 
God trying to get their attention, but they kept doing what they were doing. They would not listen. That's how the scripture here, it says, they did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, idols of silver, bronze, stone, wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk. They chose to worship creation instead of the creator who made it all. And then there's descriptions of these other sins. Nor did they repent of their murders. You see, no longer was life precious. People were being murdered without second thought. Crazy, crazy time. Their magical arts. The picture here is where... People are trying to gain power. And and so they'll use witchcraft or or use any kind of power that they think will help them gain an advantage. Uh, It could be used to describe incantations, charms, seances, uh, mediums, amulets, spells, all of that. But the very word itself means drugs. From where we get pharmaceuticals or pharmacy. And it's a picture of drugs also being a part of that mixture And then it it speaks about sexual immorality. In other words, God's design of marriage, where real intimacy develops between a man and a woman. No more. People who are just fulfilling their lusts. It's not all about becoming one with another person as God intends. It's about fulfilling me. And, and there's sexual addictions. It's the words that's used here, pornea, that's used of any kind of sexual immorality outside of marriage. Pornography. Um, you know, I don't even need to go into all that. But you guys get the point of where I'm trying to go with this. Everything outside of God's design that is spoken of here. And then the last one that's spoken of here is theft. Thefts. Stealing, taking what does not belong to you. This is the world that awaits. Now, I want, I want to close here. It's out of time with just several quick lessons trying to wrap up this chapter. The first is, uh, I'm grateful that God is in control. And I read something like this, of what awaits, and I am grateful that he's in control. I can trust him. Secondly, magnifies the mercy of God. This stuff's terrible as I read it. Do you know why he didn't just wipe out the earth in one just moment? He's trying to get people to say, turn to me. Turn to my forgiveness in Christ. He's trying to get their attention. That's what it's about. And third, the chapter reminds us of the seriousness of the demonic world. Man, may we just not be asleep. May God wake us up to see that there is more than we just see. There's a spiritual world that God calls us to live in His power. Okay, that was like a crash course on chapter 9, flying flying through. But it all comes down to this, regardless of uh, whether... You know, how much we agree on all of these details of the judgment. Judgment is coming, and forgiveness has been won on an old rugged cross. 
on a hill called Golgotha by a sinless Lamb of God. And the way to find forgiveness, to live day by day, and to miss the judgment that God promises is on its way is by Jesus. We have an altar that is open to come and to pray, to come to Jesus. And there is always a good, it's always a good time to say, Jesus, forgive me. Never a bad time for that. And if there's someone here and you have up to this point not encountered the love of God through Jesus Christ, what a great time right now to say, forgive me, God. Let's pray. Lord, I am thankful for you and your awesome love, Lord. It doesn't really look like love when we look at these judgments that come. Um, but, Father, it's because you still want to rescue these people, Lord, even though the judgments are coming. And, and so, Father, I pray that you open us up to the fact that you are a holy God, that you're not all about wishy-washy um, affection, Lord. You're holy, and we need to be holy. The only way to be holy is through Jesus. And so, Father, may we respond to you this morning, and may we know that forgiveness, Lord, and may we walk in the Spirit of God. And I just pray you do that work among us, Lord. We've been talking about this prayer weekend that's coming upon us. But, Father, we don't have to wait for that weekend. We can say yes to the call of you now. And I just pray we would, Lord, speak to us and work through us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Let's stand together.